welcome everyone to Understanding the I Am That Is You podcast. Hey everybody, it's your girl Wynn Ruffin, and I pray all is well with everyone, and your hearts and minds are full of love, joy, and compassion for all God's children and all God's creation. In discussing the angels, let us remember that when we develop a relationship with those cosmic beings of the higher realms, we are never without help. No matter the appearances, no matter their visibility or invisibility to our physical sight, or no matter the trials and tribulations that we often experience. For by calling first to our own mighty I Am Presence, and then for the assistance of the angelic host or any of the ascended masters, whenever necessary, wherever there tends to be a need, whatever it may be, either the means or the way, are always provided. Amen. Give thanks and praises for love and life. And y'all be loved. Just imagine what would be your experience if you contemplated the angelic host for one whole hour. What do you think we could do for you? Most of the time mankind only thinks of us when individuals are in trouble, and then we're immediately forgotten as soon as the pathway is easy again. We'd like to reverse a little of that and be with you when the path is easy. It's more enjoyable for you and us both. So now if you want to prove the truth of my words, contemplate us in the midst of your daily work. You don't need to go will gathering or sit in the corner or anything of the kind, but in the midst of your activity, for just the fraction of a second, you can send your flame of love from your heart, the feeling of love from your heart, to the angelic host and thank them for their love to this world. And if you recognize their love, more will come into you. One day you'll be like them, and then you will understand how much mankind needs their love. Beloved Archangel Michael, We might doubt whether angels or demons, since they are pure spirits, use any vocal speech or tongue among themselves or to us, but that Paul, in some place says, if I speak with the tongue of men or angels, but what their speech or tongue is, is much doubted by many. For many think that if they use any idiom, it is Hebrew, because that was first of all, and came from heaven, and was before the confusion of languages in Babylon in which the law was given by God the Father, and the gospel was preached by Christ the Son, and so many oracles were given to the prophets by the Holy Ghost. And seeing all tongues have and do undergo various mutations and corruptions, this alone does always continue inviolated. Moreover, an evident sign of this opinion is that though this demon and intelligence to use the speech of those nations with whom they do inhabit, yet, to them who understand it, they never speak in any idiom but in this alone, viz, Hebrew. But now, how angels speak, it is hidden from us, as they themselves are. Now to us, that we may speak, a tongue is necessary with other instruments, as the jaws, palate, lips, teeth, throat, lungs, the aspera arteria, and muscles of the breast, which have the beginning of motion from the soul. But if I speak at a distance to another, he must use a louder voice, but if near, 
He whispers in my ear as if he should be coupled to the hearer, without any noise, as an image in the eye or glass. So souls going out of the body, so angels, so demons speak, and what man does with a sensible voice, they do by impressing the conception of the speech in those to whom they speak after a better manner, than if they should express it in an audible voice. So the Platonist says that Socrates perceived his demon by sense, indeed, but not of this body, but by the sense of the ethereal body concealed in this, after which manner. Avison believes the angels were wont to be seen and heard by the prophets. That instrument, whatsoever the virtue be by which one spirit makes known to another spirit what things are in his mind, is called by the Apostle Paul, the tongue of angels. Yet oftentimes, they send forth an audible voice as they that cried at the ascension of the Lord, ye men of Galilee, why stand ye here gazing unto the heaven? And in the old law they spake with divers of the fathers with a sensible voice, but this never but when they assumed bodies. But with what senses these spirits and demons hear our invocations and prayers, and see our ceremonies, we are altogether ignorant. For there is a spiritual body of demons everywhere sensible by nature, so that it touches, sees, hears without any medium, and nothing can be an impediment to it. Yet they do not perceive after the same manner as we do, with different organs, but happily as sponges drink in water, so do they all sensible things with their body or some other way, unknown to us. The Magus, by Francis Barrett, London, 1801. Isis Unveiled, Volume 2, Chapter 2. Christian thaumaturgists once having broken all association with the mysteries of the temples and with these schools so renowned for magic, described by Saint Hilarion, could certainly expect but little to rival the pagan wonder workers. No apostle, with the exception perhaps of healing by mesmeric power, has ever equaled Apollonius of Tiana, and the scandal created among the apostles by the miracle-doing Simon Magus, is too notorious to be repeated here again. How is it, asks Justin Martyr, in evident dismay, how is it that the talismans of Apollonius have power in certain members of creation, for they prevent, as we see, the fury of the waves, and the violence of the winds, and the attacks of wild beasts, and whilst our Lord's miracles are preserved by tradition alone, those of Apollonius are most numerous, and actually manifested in present facts, so as to lead astray all beholders. This perplexed martyr solves the problem by attributing very correctly the efficacy and potency of the charms used by Apollonius to his profound knowledge of the sympathies and antipathies, or repugnancies, of nature. Unable to deny the evident superiority of their enemies' powers, the fathers had recourse to the old but ever-successful method, that of slander. They honored the theurgists with the same insinuating calumny that had been resorted to by the Pharisees against Jesus. Thou hast a demon, the elders of the Jewish synagogue had said to him. Thou hast the devil, repeated the cunning fathers, with equal truth, addressing the pagan thaumaturgist, and the widely brooded charge, erected later into an article of faith, won the day. But the modern heirs of these ecclesiastical falsifiers, who charge magic, spiritualism, and even magnetism with being produced by a demon, forget, or perhaps never read the classics. None of our bigots has ever looked with more scorn on the abuses of magic, than did the true initiate of old. H.P. Blavatsky No modern or even medieval law could be more severe than that of the Hierophant. 
True, he had more discrimination, charity, and justice, than the Christian clergy, for while banishing the unconscious sorcerer, the person troubled with a demon, from within the sacred precincts of the Adida, the priests, instead of mercilessly burning him, took care of the unfortunate possessed one. Having hospitals expressly for that purpose in the neighborhood of temples, the ancient medium of obsessed, was taken care of and restored to health. But with one who had, by conscious witchcraft, acquired powers dangerous to his fellow creatures, the priests of old were as severe as justice herself. Any person accidentally guilty of homicide, or of any crime, or convicted of witchcraft, was excluded from the Eleusinian mysteries. And so were they from all others. This law, mentioned by all writers on the ancient initiation, speaks for itself. The claim of Augustine, that all the explanations given by the Neoplatonists were invented by themselves is absurd. For nearly every ceremony in their true and successive order is given by Plato himself, in a more or less covered way. The mysteries are as old as the world, and one well versed in the esoteric mythologies of various nations can trace them back to the days of the anti-Vedic period in India. A condition of the strictest virtue and purity is required from the Vatu or candidate in India before he can become an initiate, whether he aims to be a simple fakir, a purohita, public priest, or a sannyasi, a saint of the second degree of initiation, the most holy is the most revered of them all. After having conquered, in the terrible trials preliminary to admittance to the inner temple in the subterranean crypts of his pagoda, the sannyasi passes the rest of his life in the temple, practicing the 84 rules and 10 virtues prescribed to the yogis. No one who has not practiced, during his whole life, the 10 virtues which the divine man who makes incumbent as a duty, can be initiated into the mysteries of the council, say the Hindu books of initiation. These virtues are, resignation, the act of rendering good for evil, temperance, probity, purity, chastity, repression of the physical senses, the knowledge of the holy scriptures, that of the superior soul, spirit, worship of truth, abstinence from anger. These virtues must alone direct the life of a true yogi. No unworthy adept ought to defile the ranks of the holy initiates by his presence for 24 hours. The adept becomes guilty after having once broken any one of these vows. Surely the exercise of such virtues is inconsistent with the idea one has of devil worship and lasciviousness of purpose. H.P. Blavatsky The I Am Discourses, Volume 15 When mankind, masses of people, do not want the love, the purity, the happiness, and the freedom which we are and which we bring, there only lies ahead suffering, destruction, and torture. Those of you who know this law do not need to go through those experiences. If you should want to dispose of your problems or the mistakes you've made in the past, did it ever occur to you that our sacred fire purifying love is the annihilator and preventer of all problems? Don't you understand that when you have human creation to deal with, and then the cosmic law of the universe provides the sacred fire's purifying love to produce perfection, then if there is something wrong here, then this sacred fire purity must come here and consume it and replace it by perfection. And if people will not understand it or will not do it, then there is nothing but torture ahead until they will. The cosmic law is master regardless of who believes it or accepts it or not. Nobody breaks the law. Individuals break themselves by disobedience to it, 
and all the denial on the earth by all mankind can't take us out of existence. Applause. Thank you so much. The darkness which has engulfed mankind, and which has been generated by mankind contains nothing in it but torture and destruction and confusion. Until every particle of life in existence turns to the beloved I am presence and the ascended host, until the attention of life goes to the greater life which is the light of love's perfection, then if it will not turn to the light, it will be destroyed by the darkness. Beloved ones, we come to redeem mankind. We come to bring hope to those who are trying to hold to the constructive way of life at this time. But we'll give no quarter to that which denies us or defies us or does not want us. When individuals, whether it be one individual or many, want the visible, tangible presence of the angelic host's purifying sacred fire love to come in and handle every condition and existence that mankind has generated, when individuals want that, the great cosmic law is such that we have to give it. Your blessed Saint Germain is Angel Deva of the Violet Flame has given and given and given the love of that violet consuming flame to harmoniously purify everything in existence. If mankind will understand it and use it, and remember, when you ask for purification by the violet consuming flame or fiery Christ blue lightning power or force or action, it is love that purifies. That is the gift of love. That is the mastery by which love owns the universe and is master of manifestation and is the controller of every bit of energy in infinite space, and the mankind of this world is under the control of that law, just the same as the cosmic suns throughout creation. The Great Cosmic Angel Blessed ones, tonight I offer you the master presence of the power flame of the angelic hosts purifying sacred fire love that is enough to dissolve and consume the hordes of evil, the sinister force, the human creation that has been generated in this world and that has destroyed and desecrated the many gifts that love has given. Now love must take command of its own and those who will abide within it and dwell with us, will have our mastery surrounding them for survival and control in the midst of the destructive conditions the hordes of evil have generated. And I assure you, where we come to hold protection, the hordes of evil will never abide. Applause. Thank you so much. Now I have one more thing to say. There is no substitute for the sacred fire love's eternal purity. All the intellectual consciousness in existence in mankind isn't a feather in a gust of wind, compared to one wave of love from the angelic host that can cleanse the earth in one flash. What think you is the intellect of man unless it is the servant of the love of the heart, and obedient to the cosmic law which is embodied in cosmic beings who are that love of eternal perfection. So, when we wrap you in the angelic host's miracle mantle of the sacred fire love's victory over all in this world, it's no figment of anybody's imagination. It's a very visible, tangible presence, and is unconquerable power. If you will accept it, we will give it. If you will use it, its power will expand around you. And if you want our protection, we will be present with you, and you can see us, visible with you the physical sight and tangible, whenever you make the call for the annihilation of all human obstruction within, and all human obstruction in the atmosphere about you. Then our presence will be with you wherever you want us. May you remember this, and may we come quickly and show you that which is forever your freedom. May the mightiest power of the angelic host's purifying love flash its flame everywhere in this city, everywhere in this nation, everywhere in this world and its atmosphere, until the hordes of evil have been compelled to cease existence everywhere forever. And we shall never stop until that's accomplished. Applause. Thank you so much. We enfold you in the victory power of our love and its blazing presence that is a light so bright, no human creation can exist for any reason whatsoever. Our miracle mantle of love's mastery is with you always, 
and in that love we can come and forever raise you to the great perfection, and the power and the victory and the mastery which we are, everywhere throughout creation for eternity. Thank you with all my heart. The Great Cosmic Angel, 